0: Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Steph Sia from the podcast Stripped by Sia. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up to date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a successful gay site that has increased revenues and profits year over year for a decade. The site has 835 active members. The average monthly content cost is less than $2,000. This year's average monthly net profit is over $18,000. The best part about the site is that it basically runs itself. The director-producer is happy to continue handling all the content production, editing, and updates. All you have to do is to continue to take care of payroll, and you'll make your complete return on your investments safely and quickly. The content is hardcore gay porn with a strategic focus on a few niches, which all have been fine-tuned for over 10 years into dependable, underserved markets. All of the content is exclusive. With an influx of cash and a dedicated team to help grow the brand, there's a lot of opportunity. Some of the content is on DVD and VOD, but there's a huge opportunity to increase VOD revenue streams. Best of all, if the buyer doesn't change anything, it will continue and make a significant profit, only $990,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk is Steph Sia from the podcast Stripped by Sia. Steph, thanks for being with us today on Adult Side Broker Talk.
1: So excited and thank you so much for having me, Bruce.
0: Thanks for being here. Now, Steph Sia is a stripper, a digital content creator, and pole dance instructor based in Vancouver, Canada. She's the host of the sex worker podcast, Strip by Sia, and she always enjoys a good bowl of noodles, much like my Thai wife. Um, (laughs) Strip by Sia is a podcast dedicated to destigmatizing. The sex industry, by sharing the lived experiences of the workers, Steph Sia, a sex worker of varying mediums, invites different guests onto the show from all corners of the adult industry to provide a transparent approach to the work that we do. Each episode tackles a topic that affects sex workers with the aim to educate those who both are and who aren't in our industry, as well as humanize and legitimize it. Uh, join Steph every Sunday for new episodes, wherever fine podcasts are found, and on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash strip by Sia, that's spelled S-I-A, to see the video exclusive content. So how was the commercial, Steph? <laughs>
1: It was spot on. It was excellent. Check, check, check. You crossed it all off the list. Thank you so much for that fire intro. <laughs> I,
0: I, I do my best. So, Steph, what was your entry into sex work?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I there's a couple different things here. So I have a few different phases when it comes to sex work. So okay. I guess my official intro to sex work would actually be as a sugar baby. And this mm-hmm. is probably about, yeah, almost a decade ago. And mm-hmm. I had joined a very, I guess, well-recognized website that is known for sugaring. sugar ring, um, that was introduced to me by my roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. And basically, this is kind of like around the same time that Tinder came around. And right. my friend was like, oh, why go on these dating apps when you can get you know, paid to be on dates and I was like, oh well it sounds kind of interesting. Exactly. To try. Yeah, it's right. Great to be, so- it's
0: it's great to be a girl. I'm envious.
1: <laughs> it worked out and she was completely right. I was very, very interested in doing that and made a lot of sense to me. And yes, I really believe in making a bit of money. So that sure. happened. And you know what? I I would say that like that's my first official kind of intro into sex work. Although at the time I wasn't really aware of it being work at that time. Yeah. So like that to me upon like reflection um, that that would be it. But if you'd asked me that like same question about five years ago, I would have said stripping. So and right. my entry into the strip industry was about six years ago when I decided to enter an amateur night contest. And hmm. uh, yeah, the rest is history for that. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> that.
0: You know, then, yeah. you know the, <laughs> the whole term sex work has really <laughs> morphed in recent years, especially in the last couple of years, I'd say. It used to be if someone said sex work, they were strictly talking about prostitution right now it has a much wider meaning have you have you noticed that
1: oh absolutely it's definitely come a long way and and as you mentioned like that's like how my mom thinks when she thinks of the term sex work she thinks it's prostitution or escorting Mm -hmm. or you know you're having sex for money And now I feel like the term, at least to me in my own definition, that really encompasses a wide range of adult related occupations. And some people would even argue that stripping isn't included with that, but I Mm. definitely would say it it, it is for sure. sure. But the term itself has definitely come a long way. And I think it's because a lot of the terms that we once used before um, they've had derogatory derogatory terms and and stuff mm-hmm. associated with it. And now I feel right. like sex work as a term is is almost like a PC yeah. way of addressing like adult workers.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that it really now entails everyone who's involved with the adult industry, including what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's basically encompasses everyone who is within the adult industry, for sure, like people that I bring on my show, not just people Mm -hmm. that are in front of the camera or performers, Mm -hmm. but everyone, as you mentioned, who is involved as well, so. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Now, how have your experiences doing sex work changed over the years?
1: Oh gosh, I feel like it's constantly changing. I'm constantly evolving and learning and educating sure. myself through the people that I bring on my show, and just more and more that I like hear about every single day. And basically, oh gosh, I feel like when I first kind of stumbled into sex work. I was really naive before and didn't really have a firm understanding of what the work was. Like I mentioned earlier, I didn't really Mm -hmm. count sugaring for example, as sex Mm -hmm. work. But of course now, because I'm super involved in many different aspects of the sex industry, I can really see the value and the hard work that goes into the work that it is that we do. And Mm -hmm. really, uh, how do I say it? Like uh, for me, it it really is legitimized as opposed Mm -hmm. to before I would always like maybe kind of brush it off in terms of like, Oh, it's just like a side gig or it's a side hustle or, and I wouldn't take full ownership of it. Right. And now it's something I definitely like it's public knowledge everywhere. (laughs) If you know me, you'll know that I'm associated With sex work in some capacity, so it's definitely changed a lot. It's my—I've been through an entire like evolution when it comes to sex work Mm -hmm. um, in my own personal journey, and it's been a wild ride. Let me tell you. And proud of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely proud of it. It's—it's been one of the best things that ever ever happened to me. For sure. That's
0: awesome. Now, what has sex work taught you?
1: Oh wow! Well, it's definitely taught me to have empathy. I think empathy to understand where people are coming from,
2: understand
1: Mm -hmm. their stories, um, to be an active listener and to understand that not everything can be taken at face value. And there's usually more to the story behind that. And Mm -hmm. I feel there is just, there's so many stories and there's so much to offer from sex workers and so much to learn from sex workers and from our communities that are it's really, really powerful. Like we have powerful stories to share. Oftentimes, you know, in the media we're often um there's a lot of misconceptions or misunderstood. And Mm -hmm. honestly I'm kind of tired of people other people telling our stories for us. So I feel like it's our time to um give people a platform Mm -hmm. and for us to really listen and Take people seriously, so it's it's mm-hmm. definitely taught me a lot about. Uh, yeah, I guess that word is empathy for me because it's just taught me to better understand people mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm.
0: Now, besides empathy, what else have you learned? You said you've learned a lot from sex workers. Yeah, what have you learned?
1: Oh, business acumen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just business in general. Like I just feel like. I had zero sense of, like, any kind of sales skills before Mm
2: -hmm. or
1: uh, marketing even, even just Mm -hmm. administrative duties. A lot of stuff, (laughs) when you come into sex work, you don't realize all of the extra stuff that goes on in the background um, Mm -hmm. or the video editing or the audio editing or (laughs) all the editing that, you know goes on behind the scenes that you don't see from the finished product. Um, That to me has been such um, a great learning (laughs) that I have taken away from the industry. Um, Mm -hmm. And also like another big one to me is just boundaries and learning more about consent and Mm -hmm. learning my own boundaries and like what I can tolerate what I will not tolerate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been really, really big ones for me. Cause again, if you talk to me like 10 years ago when I was first starting out, I, I didn't have any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't treat it as a job. I didn't treat it as a career. I didn't take anything seriously in that kind of sense. So those to mm-hmm. me are really, really big things that I've taken away from my time in the industry. And I'm, again, I'm still constantly learning more and more every day from the community there's a lot to learn like even today i was learning about um i think i saw an article about visa and mastercard um Mm -hmm. being suspended for from pornhub so like stuff just stuff like that like there's just so many things that can have like a a domino effect from that and yeah and that's like a whole entire topic that we don't have time to go into today, <laughs> but, but things like that. And just, um, gosh, I mean, what else there, there, really is a lot, but those are, those are three big buckets. I think that I've definitely, um, kind of give mosh to from sex work. So, yeah. yeah,
0: I think a lot of people, well, especially people outside the business don't realize it's a business, but even mm-hmm. a lot of people inside the business don't really treat it like a business.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was definitely guilty of that for a while. And, and <laughs> you really have to, to be yes. successful. And like, yes. I mean, you you got to learn from somewhere. And at some point, and like, you can really take your business from from here to going all the way up here mm-hmm. by just adopting a few of these principles. And mm-hmm. I feel like everyone needs to like take a business course <laughs> from one of the ex experts in, in our community, for sure. You can learn a lot. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you can, and you can also learn a lot from talking to people and going mm-hmm. on the forums, like like Xbiz, and and asking questions, and oh yeah, really leaning on some of the people that have been around a long time. And I I know there's also some good model forums, and uh, yes. as well as social media groups.
1: Tons, yeah. There's tons of resources out there, so. Discord groups that I'm a part of, Facebook groups that I'm a part of as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, just learning from the people that I bring on to my show is another thing. Even on Twitter, just conversations, Mm -hmm. um, just on my Twitter that I see in in my feed or topics of conversation that come up. There's so many learning opportunities there. And I feel like, as you mentioned, people should lean into that. Mm -hmm. They really want to... um, upgrade their game <laughs> mm-hmm. in this industry for sure
0: Now besides um what we just talked about what other mm-hmm. skills have you gained from sex work
1: Oh man honestly like valuing myself mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing that sure. I've definitely learned for sure like and what I mean by that is just like charging what I am valued at and what yeah. I deserve yes, you know and again and that is slightly related to what we were talking about earlier too because like it's more than just picking a number it's also like your time and your energy that goes into Mm -hmm. say when you make a custom video or something the time it takes for you to get ready the equipment that you're using to film the equipment you're using to edit the mic lighting your outfits your makeup your nails your hair all of that. Your overhead. Yeah. Your overhead. Yeah. The toys yes. you use, like so mm-hmm. many things to come into account. And I feel a lot of the times that we can get bullied by clients or lowballed by clients. And I you just have to kind of stand your ground. Um and of course sometimes it takes a couple years of experience to kind of find your footing in that. But sure. Um, that's been a, a huge thing for me, especially in, in the last few years too, just really owning what I do and being like, Well, those these are my rates, like take it or leave it and <laughs> and really being confident in that. And I think that is something everyone should definitely learn and take into account as mm-hmm. well. Um, is so important.
0: unfortunately that's not the case with most people i mean yeah i just find that people don't really value their time or properly or value their services properly
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that People really need to look at that <laughs> a bit more Big seriously time. because, Big yeah, time. I mean, for me, my time is literally money. Like, I run yep. a really, really tight ship. I have a very, like, insane schedule. So, every minute counts. And I really want to make sure that, like, I'm putting the right energy right. into things and being really purposeful about the work that I'm doing. It's hmm. really not a good use of my time if I'm kind of dilly-dallying and wasting Mm -hmm. on people that don't see the same value or see the value in the work that I'm putting out there. Um, Those are not the type of clients that I want to attract, not the people I really want to be associated or affiliated with.
0: I agree so so much because I I go through it in my business. And just just this morning, I had an email exchange with the guy. And uh, it was pretty obvious that he just wasn't worth my time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I hate to, yeah. I hate to, I hate to put it in those terms, but, <laughs> but, but this guy just was really clueless. Well, I mean that the asking questions like, well, can I buy this with no money down? Oh, uh, no dude. No.
2: Any other questions?
0: Yeah. I mean, because, because we, we, we pride ourselves on having valuable, good, properties websites mm-hmm. companies that we sell and you know oh. it's like <laughs> what would the logic be to take no money down <laughs> you know we're not a ba- we're not a bank and we're not selling cars here anyway continue yeah. sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean you understand where, you, where i'm a coming big time. from right <laughs>
0: oh completely <laughs> completely you know, yeah i'm polite enough i'm polite enough to always reply and I reply promptly that's yeah. that's you know the old school in me is that <laughs> is that i don't let things sit around I always reply that doesn't mean I have to be happy
1: about it no, no, and no i agree I agree though because like you, you can kind of tell off the bat if you're not aligning with someone or someone's not aligned. Nope with what you're looking for or right. what you stand for, then you're just like, well, it's just not going to work out. Let's just like yep. cut it off, make it easy.
0: <laughs> Big time. Yes. <laughs> so whats what's been the best part of being in this industry for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is an easy one for me. It's the community. And what I mean by that, it's just all the people that I've met mm-hmm. during my time here. It's yeah. been awesome. All- I'm like, I have really never met a community where I really feel like I've belonged Yeah, and, and, and so quickly too. Cause sometimes when you get into a community, sometimes it takes like some growing pains or takes some time mm-hmm. for you to feel acquainted, right. but I don't know. I've always felt super welcomed in this industry since day one. And everyone's sure. just been super helpful and wanting you to succeed. And that's been so lovely and so comforting and I love that so much. I wish there are more communities that were like this, but there really isn't mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing quite like it.
0: It's very true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. You and I met at the why not reunion in, uh, in Arizona. Tempe. Yeah. 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 In Tempe. And one thing I noticed, you were talking about marketing earlier and I meant to point this out. You are a good marketer. I could tell that right away with the lead cards you had, which is what I do. Uh, You might have noticed, you know, that I not only have a business card, but I have a lead card. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm.
0: it's just very unusual to find someone, especially on the performance side, who has your marketing skills. So congratulations on that
1: thank you that means so much to me i
0: (laughs) well it's true i I don't i don't give i don't give false (laughs) praise to people if i believe something i say it if i don't i just shut up so
1: (laughs) i think that maybe like i I can attribute that to some of my administrative and marketing skills in my vanilla life too Mm -hmm. because i also I like i In addition to sex work, I'm also um, a marketing consultant as well.
0: (laughs) Well, that doesn't surprise me. So you work in the mainstream world as well?
1: Yeah, sort of. So I don't work in an office anymore. I I just take clients. Right. now doing regular just general communications and marketing um content management and mm-hmm. newsletter email campaigns and stuff mm-hmm. like that just picking picking and choosing the things that i like to do
2: sure.
1: <laughs> and working with the clients that i really like so yeah and that has been awesome so i'm glad mm-hmm. you picked that up that makes me well and that's really got really <laughs> <valuable.
0: laughs> to mm-hmm. be really valuable that's got to be really valuable now in what you're doing
1: yeah i mean like I think it definitely helps for sure. And I'm not saying Sorry. that everyone needs to have a background in corporate or anything like that, but it certainly can help. And mm. I mean, vice versa though too, because I feel like a lot of questions that I sometimes get like, Oh, like what kind of transferable skills can you bring to the civilian world from sex work? And I feel like it definitely goes both ways. Cause as you mentioned Absolutely. earlier, like we've learned so much in this industry and we can take that outside of the industry as well. Yep,
0: yep. And take, I, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I agree. I
0: agree completely. My background's in marketing too, so um, there we go. Yeah, there's there's no two ways about it. One one can spot another. So what <laughs> what are some of the not so great experiences in sex work that you can share?
1: Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of. Untrustworthy people in this industry yep. or that might not have the best interests in mind sure. for people so for example um I am yeah in front of the camera
2: <laughs> and yes. I
1: do my own videos and of course I need to do my own promo and stuff as well so of course I am working with a lot of photographers, yeah or at least I used to work with a lot of photographers before and then um Last year, I actually, uh, a model had contacted me via Instagram because some of my photos were posted on this photographer's Instagram account because I had worked with him before and Mm. they had messaged me a article and this article had stated that this person was arrested for um, voyeurism because another model had found a camera in one of the changing rooms Lovely. Yeah, not so great stuff. So I had to go deal with the police in a completely different city in Canada and deal with that. But luckily that's all been dealt with and uh, that takes its close. There's so many
0: jerk there's so many jerk offs and so pervs lovely. out there.
1: There are like lots of many dudes with a camera mm-hmm. um that exist in not just sex work, but yeah, I mean anything with like modeling mm-hmm. and whatnot. Sexual assault can also happen as oh. well. Sorry yeah, due to the nature of some of the work that I do and that's again being mm-hmm. early on during those sugar baby days not really having those boundaries and not setting them properly mm-hmm. and just uh, not being strong enough to say no in certain situations yeah. or um or being bribed or being like you know dangling mm-hmm. the carrot of like you know, well if you do this and I'll pay you this more this much mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. and just Again, not recognizing, like, oh, this is actually a red flag.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah. those are definitely a couple experiences that, like, stick out for me. Um, and sure. unfortunately, it is and can be very commonplace with a lot of people within our industry. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and I'm not saying that to scare anyone, but it's just, unfortunately, no. the, re- the reality that can happen to some people. So yes. it's really, really important to uh, be communicative, um, have those boundaries set, know what your limits are
2: right.
1: um, when it comes to photography and stuff too, or mm. videography, asking for references, asking Absolutely. for referrals, mm. right? So all this stuff is super, super key information that I wish I had known um, or I wish that I had better prepared myself. Right. Um, but again, I'm taking them as big learnings learning lessons, you know, to, to yeah. watch out for and, and now as red flags as I proceed in the industry.
0: Yeah, it's I'm sure it's not easy to be a beautiful woman um <laughs> in any way, sense or form. <laughs> uh having been raised by a woman, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm a bit of a feminist, more than a bit, and this kind yes. of when I hear when I hear stuff like this, it really pisses me off. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry to hear that. Tell us about your podcast, Strip by See It, and
1: how did you get mm-hmm. this started? Yeah, well, gosh. I mean, by this time now it's been almost three years since I started the show. Wow. And yeah, which is crazy to me. And that's been like consecutively every single week. Have not really taken a break
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> at all. But it's been fun. And basically that started back in twenty nineteen in the summer uh, in the summer when I was working at the club and Mm -hmm. one of my regulars there kind of just made a statement and was like oh yeah strippers are really cool people like a lot of you guys are just like you know are influencers and you have tens of thousands of followers and you all lead such interesting lives out of the club and i was like yeah like we do that's really (laughs) interesting that yeah you hit it right on the head like that is correct and then yep I, I already knew that I wanted to do a podcast because I'm a big, like, avid podcast listener. I'm kind of a nerd like that. But that makes that uh, makes
0: one of that makes one of us. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, well, this is really interesting, and I have a lot of people and friends in the industry, and I'm going to do a show on this. And then two weeks later, the first episode came out. Yeah, I guess the rest is his. The rest is history. It's <laughs> awesome.
0: You got me. Yeah. You got me by. You got me by a year. I've done a little, a little over two years now. Wow! So, who have been your most memorable guests so far?
1: Oh my gosh, oh, there's been so many, Bruce. I've done over 150 episodes now, so mm-hmm.
2: it's
1: hard to choose. But there's definitely people that have come to mind, and really just depends on the topic as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doctor Raven Bowen, um, she is. Uh, the CEO of National Ugly Mugs, which is like a nonprofit organization based in the UK that um, helps benefit sex workers.
2: And we did
1: a really cool episode on work balance and duality. So Mm -hmm. much like myself, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I balance sex work out with um some vanilla or civilian work so it was really mm-hmm. cool to have that conversation and just talk about the research she's done in the field and just to know that i'm not alone in this um right. because right. you know a lot of people they can look down at people that have civilian jobs too and like oh you're not doing this full-time that means you're not really taking this seriously And that is not really the case for for anyone um, or for other people. So yeah, Dr. Rainbow was definitely one of my favorite people that I've interviewed. Um, I've also interviewed, um, and yeah, there's just a few here, but like um, some sex trafficking survivors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Maya Romero that I actually, that you might have met during the uh, Why Not Reunion, she was there. Mm -hmm. She had a really, really compelling story um, on her um, experience when it came to sex trafficking. I thought that was really powerful Mm. because it's like how often do you ever get to hear from sex trafficking survivors? So I thought that was really awesome. Um, Another friend of mine, Brent Brent Ray Fraser, who... Is an artist out here in in Vancouver, and he does art with his penis, which is really interesting. And he's
2: oh, okay.
1: tra- yeah, it sounds really funny and, and a little bit odd, but like again, like, I have a range of people on my show. But he has that has taken him very, very far.
0: I'd say I'd but, like to see that, but I really don't.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll send you something later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah those are just a um a few uh, to name but there's just been so many great people i mean i recently interviewed uh with cindy starfall who is an amazing adult um adult actress and, and mm-hmm. cool too because it's just i always feel connected with those who are are of Asian descent because sometimes yes. it's really hard to find people like us in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to hear her experience and like how she came to be, and just, you know, agreeing with so much of the conservativeness that comes uh, along with being Asian and doing sex work. Yep. And the pushback that we can get and the cultural pushback too, and religious. Yes. So from all different sides, but yeah, that Mm -hmm. was such a fun and interesting conversation, but I live in (laughs) in
0: Thailand. I know a lot about the, the whole thing. So
1: yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot for sure.
0: (laughs) So what are some highlights in your life that sex work has brought you?
1: Yeah. And that's such a great question. There's been a lot of great things that have definitely come from sex work for sure. So um, I've gotten the opportunity, recurring opportunities to guest lecture at a couple different universities in the United States and also my alma mater, Simon Fraser University. So that's been really freaking cool.
0: cool. That must yeah. have been nice.
1: It's been so nice because I actually studied criminology back in the day. That was what, that was what I majored in. And it was really, really cool just to cut, yeah, and to come back to be uh, invited to speak um in their upper level criminology classes Hmm. really it was like wow this has come full circle for me so that's been really quite the honor so so when guys so when you tell guys
0: that you studied criminology do they tell you that it's that it's okay if you put cuffs on them
1: (laughs) i get that all the time or you say oh well it wasn't it wasn't
0: original (laughs) sorry (laughs)
1: I mean, yeah, that's been a really, really cool experience or experiences that have happened. Um, I also have been invited to speak and facilitate at some sex work festivals in Asia. So that's Mm. been really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I've also um, gotten the opportunity to... um, also work with the United Nations Women um, wow. research, yeah, through sex work. So that's been really cool because I was able to help conduct research and conduct some focus groups with youth sex workers from around the world. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's really created a lot of opportunities. I mean, I've had like the CBC contact me for interviews or like mm-hmm. you know ask me for comments and stuff and. Mm-hmm. I just think all of those experiences have been just so cool and so wild to me and just like never in my wildest dreams would I have thought like by starting in the show, I would have gone in these kind of really unique opportunities. So right. yeah, I just feel incredibly blessed and just like full of gratitude to be awarded with these really rare and cool opportunities. It's been awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, next time you come out to, to Asia to speak, you'll have to swing by.
1: Absolutely, I would love that <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah we we got we got some pretty nice digs out here it's a blast okay. what's the best advice you can give someone who's considering entering into sex work?
1: Mm, yeah, this is a really really common question for sure for all mm-hmm. the newbies that are out there but yeah, yeah. for me it's it's uh, a couple things um definitely do your research there there's so much. Out there, and akin to what we were saying earlier, too, with like the amount of blogs, the the different Facebook groups, and Reddit, and forums, and Twitter, even, and podcasts, like my show and this show, like there's so many resources out there that are free and that are accessible to you. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to do that research and also to ask questions for for those who are in the industry. And a lot of us, you could just ask on Twitter or ask on Instagram and we'd be Mm -hmm. happy to answer those questions. I mean, looking back at my time being a sugar baby, like it was so hush hush back back in the day. And that was like nine years ago. Mm
2: -hmm. And the
1: fact that there weren't a lot of resources for me to look and read um, into, I mean, it's definitely come a long way now. Like, and that, and sugar baby, being a sugar baby is so like commonplace nowadays as well. But yeah, definitely do your research um, on in regards to like what kind of avenue and sex work that you want to go down to. And also, um, I I talked about boundaries earlier, but I think it's really important to kind of establish your boundaries and, and know what those are. And, you know, it's it's okay to say no. You don't have to do everything.
0: Big time. Big
1: time. Big time. You know, and I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to offer everything and do everything under the sun in mm-hmm. order to make it in this industry. And I really think it's the opposite. I feel like you would be more niche.
0: <laughs> absolutely. If there's something right? you're not comfortable with doing, say no.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely allowed to say no. That's okay. And I think, will, that, always I think be the whole else. me
0: too era has has really reinforced that
1: oh for sure i think that has yeah absolutely like it's really made a stronger case for us because you know Mm -hmm. we don't have to do everything that's out there you have a choice you have a voice use it absolutely yeah those are like my words of advice for anyone that is new coming into this and also i guess last piece of advice too is actually treat it like work. Big time. Treat it like your business. That is Mm -hmm. so important. Um, If you're going to keep treating it as like a side gig or a side hustle or whatever um, I don't think you're going to take it seriously and I don't think your clients will also take it seriously either. And you won't succeed. And you won't succeed. Exactly. So yeah, just know that it's real work. Cause there's too many times I've had these questions been asked to me and they just want to do it for fun or whatnot. And it's like, but you know, it's work, right? Like, you know, it's sex yep. work, right? Yep. So I just really want to like drive that point down to the ground. Cause it's really, really important.
0: It's really funny. You were talking about nine years ago and then in the same sentence you said back in the day, you have no <laughs> idea how old that makes me feel. Okay. So. What's your take on pole dance hobbyists and leisure dancers?
1: Oh yeah, that's like a big topic of discussion big too. Big, big topic. And as a as a person who is part of both worlds, as an instructor and also as a stripper, yeah, there's a huge debate between both because I mean, for the past couple of years, it's been like a whole uh, hashtag, not a stripper. hashtag going around yeah that being a thing for the past like two probably three years now that's been going around too many hashtags
0: too many hashtags oh lord anyway go ahead
1: and it's just it's just bad because it just really taps into that hierarchy in terms of like i'm separating myself and othering Mm -hmm. strippers yeah and you know i'm separating i'm not one of those people i'm not a stripper sounds like a form of bias really totally and it's completely Mm. problematic and the fact that so many people like even studio owners Mm. are still like behind this it's not healthy and they should know that pole dancing and pole hobbyists and pole sport all originated from the strip club hello yeah, hello. I mean, like it's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, these so. these poles didn't
0: just come down from outer space with no, no reason.
1: They just didn't erect themselves like that. Like <laughs> well, and,
2: well
0: well and don't you think that a lot of the casual pole dancing has to do with these women mm-hmm. fantasizing about being a stripper?
1: Oh my gosh. And that's a huge part of it too. And that even yeah. what boils down to like some of the aesthetic, like the stripper aesthetic that they want to try to adopt. The whole clear shoe, clear heel trend that's going on in mainstream fashion is also uh, can be contributed to stripper aesthetic. So there's a lot there. And I just feel like, and I could really go into this, but like <laughs> we'll just keep it really light. Um, I think it's really important yeah. that people that are not part of our industry so the adult industry or the strip industry to really think about what these what their origins of their favorite sport (laughs) could come from and also I also think it's like a responsibility to you know let students know like this is where it originates from this is why we have exotic dance classes or exotic dance inspired classes Mm -hmm. and you know, they owe us a lot. So right. um, I feel like we're having um, a time right now. And I feel like a lot of people have opinions on this and
2: mm-hmm.
1: as do I. And I really just feel like people need to understand that this kind of behavior and these kind of hashtags are not helping us at all. Right. It's just the opposite. So, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So have you ever experienced, and I think you did slightly allude to this, Racism or fetishization within the industry?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, (laughs) As an Asian Canadian woman, for sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. And not even within this industry, but just in general. Just being catcalled and walking down the street. And someone says, like, konnichiwa or whatever. Or people, like, ask me in the club and outside the club. They're like, oh, like, are you Filipina? And I'm just like, why are you asking me that? And then they're, of course, trying their best to relate to me or find right. some kind of bonding connection. Like, oh, I used to date a Filipina and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And proceed to tell me Got about it. their dating life. And I was like, Got yeah. It. <laughs> it's very I, actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll be
0: honest. I'm guilty sometimes of asking Asian, Asians their nationality because I'm kind of curious if they're Thai or, mm. or what. And I, mm-hmm. I usually am a pretty good judge of who's what, but anyway, I I'm yeah kind of guilty of that, and and there's no malice involved. I'm just kind of curious.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think like with curiosity, I think it's totally fine. But I know like with some of the clientele that come into the club, like I know what they're alluding to, and like ah. oh Filipinos are so hardworking and blah blah blah, and then just, just keep going and reinforcing this stereotype, and it's just big time. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't
0: like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, living out here, the stereotypes <laughs> are all gone. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that if I ever had those, which I probably did when I lived in the States, they're gone mm-hmm. now. And, but I can only imagine. And let's face it, there's a lot of guys that fantasize about Asian women, which I'm sure is oh, great yeah. for your business, but it also, can be harmful
1: oh absolutely yeah i've definitely gotten some like strange re- well what i consider a strange request kind of going more into like race play which is something i don't offer mm, um yeah. just because i think it's dangerous to kind of play with those lines um because it's a really really fine line uh, when it comes to race play and that's just something i just don't entertain because again i just feel like it's encouraging more of defending those stereotypes and yes. and fetishization which is not so fun for those who are on this side big time. Of that line yeah so mm-hmm. i yeah for me it's a hard pass on that
0: i can only imagine hang in there
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: so do you ever think about leaving the adult industry
1: uh not very often <laughs> which is really <laughs> nice I, I don't think i've ever thought about leaving i think like the one time I maybe thought about leaving or ending at least a portion of this part of the industry was actually with stripping. And that's when the pandemic happened because everything yes. shut down with sure. strip clubs. Like I, I didn't dance for almost basically in over, over a year, actually yes. I didn't dance for a year. And I was like, well, I guess strip clubs are going to close down. This is going to be the end of things. And I don't know if I'll we'll ever dance again. It's time to hang off my heels. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, that, did not happen, thankfully. And actually I'm dancing more and more now, post pandemic, even though we're still in the pandemic, but um, dancing more now. So I thought that at one point, like that might've been my end. Um, Mm -hmm. And also like, if I'm looking towards the future, I feel like maybe when I'm pregnant, I probably won't be doing much in this industry Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe after I have kids, or right. like young toddlers, I don't think I'd be doing anything. I just yeah. don't think I'm going to have energy and I'm, I'm going to be wanting to sleep and, you know,
0: <laughs> doing they, all those. I hear they duty. tend <laughs> to sap that energy.
1: Yes. Like, I mean, realistically, realistically speaking, I just don't think I'll be doing that at that point. So, mm-hmm. but who knows that that's still quite a few years away. So we'll see. I'll, I'll get back to you when it happens. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah.
0: There you go. Do you have any <laughs> regrets about being in the industry?
1: Um, Nothing huge about like actual regrets. Like in general, I don't find that I regret anything. Um, there are things maybe that I wish I could have done a bit differently. Sure. Um, or maybe we've done better. And that's just, again, just knowing myself. Um, mm-hmm. But however, at that point in my life, I, I was just not solidified in who I was. And I just didn't know What I valued, um, again, what those boundaries and stuff were at those points in my life. So, that to me, I guess, would be the closest thing to quote unquote regretting things Mm -hmm. in this industry. I wish I could have started earlier a little bit. Hmm. I feel like I was a little bit late to the game, but at the same time I still feel like I was really naive when I entered the industry. Sure. But um I kind of wish I <laughs> I kind of wish I got involved with porn <laughs> earlier hmm. or at least given that like a try um, cuz hmm. I've I've had I just know so many people in the industry and it's, it feels like that's something I would have like definitely would have loved to try to do at sure. some point being an exhibitionist, so like, hmm. I feel like that would have been a really, really interesting experience. But yeah, I think those are like my only things that I might might have regretted. but
0: Yes, being an know. exhibitionist is probably a good prerequisite for this position. So
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, along with that, what do you think needs to be changed to make the industry better for performers?
1: Ooh, yeah, I feel, um, we need to get rid of the hierarchy. So I kind of mentioned that term earlier, but basically for those listeners who don't know what the hierarchy is, or for those who just was like, what is that term? It's basically like a hierarchy within the sex industry or within Hmm. sex workers. Um, and there's different, there's different kinds of hierarchies, but for example, um, non contact. That's
0: hierarchy is is kind of like hierarchy.
1: Yes, exactly. Just play out of words. I <laughs> like somebody, that. Right? I, I wish I coined the term. I did not coin the term, but... <laughs> Damn it.
0: Damn it. You <laughs> could have <yes>. patented it.
1: <laughs> I could have.
0: You would have just made but some yeah. money. So
1: basically, like, no contact sex work is viewed at the top. So Basically, some mm. people might see this as cam girls, or some people might see this as, I don't know, dominatrix at the top, and then it kind of goes... Down the pyramid. Um, so maybe strippers might be next, and then you might have like um, indoor sex work and then like outdoor sex work um, at the bottom. And I think a lot of people really do adopt that mm-hmm. model. I'm not sure if that's subconsciously or consciously, but it is really dangerous and it just puts others at risk um, by making certain comments like that or assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like that, and also, it just—it's just not healthy. And I feel yes. like the whole world already hates sex workers, so why do we continue to allow this hate to be within, like, internally in our community? Um, hmm. I really feel like that is something that needs to change. Um, and there's yes. still so many people that believe in that kind of stuff, and it's really not. And in the end, we're all hoes. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I am.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I feel like the yeah, that definitely needs to change, hopefully, at some point. I would love to see that.
0: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So so how can people find you?
1: Oh yeah. i guess we're we're at that time. Um yes, so it's my <laughs> podcast is stripped by Sia, and you can find that on any major podcast platform. It's it's out there, you can stream online, you can stream wherever rate and like five stars if you're interested in that and then um again if you are interested in hearing um and seeing some of the video exclusive on that you can go peep my patreon which is patreon.com slash stripped by and if you do want to get in contact with me twitter is the best place to do that and it's stripped by sia on twitter we have stripped by sia on instagram as well Basically Stripped by Sia everywhere. (laughs) So I'll make that nice and easy. And I am working on my website, revamping that at the moment, which will be Stripped by So
0: so just for everyone out there, it's Stripped by Sia. Mm S-I-A is how Sia is spelled. Okay. Well, Steph, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again, Bruce.
0: It was a pleasure. My broker tip today is part three of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week, we talked about making a good offer and how to structure your site. Next, keep your website design up to date. Do a redesign from time to time. People will tend to think your site is the same as ever and click out of it without even looking if something doesn't change. So keep it fresh and up to date. Times change, so should your website. Look at what your competitors are doing and see what it is you really like. Emulate success. If you know a site to be particularly successful, look at what it is they're doing and do some of the same things. I'm not saying to copy it. I'm just suggesting you improve your site by looking around a bit. You've got to keep up with the times or you're going to end up being left behind. Also, keep an eye on your competition and make sure you're offering everything on your site that they are or more. Don't just look at their design, but make sure your offers are good and you're competitive. The same goes for your content. Do you ever wonder why one site does well and others don't? Check out the competition's content. What are they doing that you're not doing? Be willing to make changes. People can't understand why they're losing sales to a competitor, yet the competitor is clearly doing everything better. Emulate success. Make sure everything on your website works well. Make sure all of your links work properly. Check them on a regular basis. If things don't work, you'll lose customers. People are not patient these days. People's attention spans are like that of a gnat. They'll click out immediately and go on to the next result in Google if they don't find what they're looking for, or if the site is hard to navigate or things just don't work. Check all your internal scripts and plugins and make sure they're updated regularly as well. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And... Next week, we'll be speaking with Crystal Penn of Grubby, And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Steph Sia. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.